There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't believe in a stimulus check because if $600 or $1,400 changes your life, you were pretty much screwed already. You got other issues going on. Uh, you have a you have a career problem. You have a debt problem. You have a relationship problem. You have a mental health problem. Something else is going on. If $600 changes your life, as people are seeing the images of migrants being released into the interior, they just get encouraged to come to the U.S. try and cross illegally. Well, of course we're concerned because we don't want people to put themselves at danger at a time where it is uh, not the right time to come. I went to his bedroom to say goodnight and he was crying because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. Then why did you stay in Mexico? You need to leave! So the best part of that last one was the woman who screamed, you need to leave. I mean, the, how perfectly um, like uh, extra is that in a, in a movie? And your line is to go, ooh, and then you need to leave. That is in Michigan at a school committee uh, meeting and the discussions about diversity and acceptance at the schools. The guy with the accent is Adrian Araola. Um, and he was talking talking about his uh, how his kids had the how the racism in the school had been affecting his child when he was interrupted by the other guy. He was named uh, Tom Bertel. Uh, yes, Tom Bertel, who's the guy who told him, "Then why didn't you stay in Mexico?" Um, so, <laughs> listen to this again. This is too. This is too good. I went to his bedroom to say goodnight, and he was crying because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. Then why did you stay in Mexico? (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. And so I've done a little checking about the around on this because I figure that there's probably a whole lot more context and there may be some more context, but my preliminary findings are that this Tom Bertel guy may just be a jerk. And um, it, it, it was certainly a jerky thing to say. It's been called everywhere, including the ABC News piece, that it was called a racist remarks. Racist remarks. I don't know that that's racist whatsoever. You know, the, the guy came from Mexico. He telling him to go back to Mexico. That's geographist, uh, if anything. But the guy who's been here, Ayarola, from has been here for like forty years, uh, and he owns three Mexican restaurants. And so, uh, you know, it was certainly not sensitive to his uh, to his plight in life. But I don't throw racism around uh, a lot. Sometimes people are just a holes, and that's fine. Doesn't have to yeah. be any deeper than that. And this guy may be an a hole, Tom Bertel. 
uh, on Monday, it was brought to attention of our staff administration. Okay, so there was some racist stuff, racist comments using darker terms uh, posted on social media by so- high school students. Hate, hate and prejudice have no plan, uh, place in the schools, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, normal high school idiot stuff. And <clears throat> so uh, when this thing happened... <laughs> Oh, God. This guy Bertel is so good. The guy who got yelled at, a guy who came from Mexico, says, he asked me a question. Why didn't I stay in Mexico, Ayarola said? Because this is the greatest country in the world. But you're complaining about being here, Bertel said. Uh, let's see. In, in another video posted by Ann Arbor News, Emma Live, Bertel said he'd been a race, victim of racism all the time. Try being a white and walk into a black neighborhood, he told the parents. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Tom. Uh, maybe it's time to uh, maybe not lawyer up, but something close to it. <laughs> Tim Bertel, Tom's son, told ABC News on Tuesday that none of his 10 siblings condone their father's actions. The only message I want to say is that our family condemns our father's vile beliefs, said Tim Bertel in a statement to ABC from an, uh, all 11 children and their mother, Joanna. <laughs> Uh, wow, disowned by his own family. Oh, yes. <laughs> My goodness. This is, yeah, too good. So this it appears we have caught a legitimate uh, a-hole here. and But, the, oh, the woman, the, you need to leave. The, the, the sound of the crowd is just fantastic. I went to his bedroom to say goodnight, and he was crying because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. Then why did you stay in Mexico? You need to leave. The funny thing is, so this is caused online. It's big. The guy is a dead ringer, Tom Bertel, for George Costanza. Right. And he does and be he like, does. what's going on? What? What would I say? Thing. <laughs> exactly. That's actually uh, on the video side of it. That's the best part. Is yeah. That he does like, what's the big deal? Kind of hand gesture about it. Oh. Too good. Alice, you know, we are going to have a fun show tonight. We're going to have a fun show tonight. Like, yesterday, last night, yesterday's show was a bit of a blocked punt, I feel, in a way. Which is, yeah, you have those sometimes. There was some good stuff in it as well. But you know what? I, I think that f- the fact that we were both jocks yesterday, we were mm-hmm. just beat to death. We were tired yesterday. Yeah. Tired. But so I was we still, apologize. Don't, you don't never have to apologize, Alice. Never explain, never profane. What is it called? Never. I don't know. Explain, never. You don't have to apologize. It was, it was a fine show. It was just, you know, it, it kind of um, sputtered. Um but um, we apologize. You can apologize for you. You I brought was, it up. I was magnificent as usual. <laughs> okay, you well, need to fine. leave. Then why? Then you why need did to go you bring back it up? to Mexico? Alex. Why did you bring it up that you weren't happy with yesterday's show? By the way, this guy Adrian Ayarola, Ayarola, um, who's been here for forty years with four restaurants, mm-hmm. he's my kind of guy. I like a Mexican restaurant if they are Mexican restaurants, and I like four of them. And I miss really good Mexican food. And now in Massachusetts here, the Border Cafe is closed for good. And the Border Cafe is, it was a staple in Harvard Square, where uh, the college is. Mm-hmm. And it, that is a hell of a loss. I think I've talked about the Border Cafe on this show. I think that's Maybe, that yeah. may, have where I spoke, may have been where I spoke French. Um, but, I mean, it, it, is, it is terrible. I hope uh, Adrian Ayarola's uh, restaurants are okay. And... Agreed that high school kids are terrible and they suck, and that it yeah. sucks to be a parent and kids are being mean to your kid. It's that's awful. So oh, totally, <clears throat> so, totally. You know. But it's isn't it funny that Tom Bertel, his kids seem to be like pretty good kids. Mm-hmm. They condemn their own dad, <laughs> and but this is this town is too good because you got the guy, the immigrant, who's mm-hmm. sounds like a wholesome guy who's emotional who's come to the country, busted his rear end, created a success for him, and you have the, like, total jerk, miserable frigging jerk. Why don't you go back to Mexico? Who's, like, right out of central casting. You can't find a better thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you almost wonder if it's, like, a troll because Yes, because so- because then the... the all the, the hush of the crowd, all in unison. Oh, and then something. You need to leave. And it's like, was this a scene that was rehearsed? But, uh, ow. but that is just uh, that. So, um, yeah. Jesus, 
What is wrong with people? What is wrong with this country? What is wrong with every country? Actually, the entire world's stupid. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe mm-hmm. things stop being new. Maybe you see enough of life, Alice, that mm-hmm. after a while you just realize that everybody's incompetent and or a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the world is filled with not not enough Adrian Iarolas, too many Tom Bertels, and too many you need to leave people. You know, who are yeah. just panickers. Well, yeah, jerks and, and panickers. That's write, what they are. Alice. Want to write think- jerks and panickers jerks everywhere. Jerks and panickers. Yeah, the people who want to write think pieces about how racist Tom Bertel is. You know, it. Like you said, it's not that the thing is racist per se. It's that it's rude and inappropriate, yeah. you know? He's a classic a-hole. He's a garden yeah. variety jerk. Yeah. And you you don't you can they come in all shapes and sizes and races and religions and they mm-hmm. are in political ideology. Oh, totally. Everything. Totally. <laughs> but I do like the idea that Tom Bertel is attending every one of these meetings. Mm-hmm. I I just hope that that is something that's happening. You know, I want to find the other Do you mind if I call an audible here else? Mm-hmm. Okay. We had a catastrophic uh, failure <laughs> at the hands of the children, but we are back now. So what I'm going to do right now is try to find that video of the... This is the longer exchange that happened in Michigan with the with the jerk and the guy who came to Mexico from Mexico 40 years ago. Where is it? Just be yourself. Okay, here we go. So here we go. Okay, this is right after he says it, I guess. Hold on. Hold on. This is not an isolated event, and unfortunately, every time this happens, we treat it as a parent of a student. Event. We just had an outburst in here, right? We all had some type of emotion, regardless of what side you sit on. Myself included, I'm still reeling with that emotion. Hold on to that. The father's because about that's to speak. what the minority kids are experiencing on a weekly basis. I racism all the time. Try to white and walk in a black neighborhood. See what happens. You know. You know? That's Tom Bertel. <laughs> let me... <laughs> okay, let me get back to Tom. Here we go. All the time. Try being white and walk in a black neighborhood. See what happens. You know? You know? So you're complaining about you're complaining about situations and, and like and like these uh, this incident where somebody made a little tweet. Okay, nobody's hurting that. You know? That nobody got hurt and that it was done off off campus. So why does it even concern the school system? You know, everybody has a right to free speech. And there needs to be a change oh, come on. at the top. There needs to be integration there as well. And I totally another mother of a cultural, <laughs> It's not even worth mentioning. We got we got but oh, we all care it. about our children. And we're all Why does she get so much time? Children. All we want is the best for them. So be grateful that you have a healthy child. Be grateful that they're here. Shut up! Opening your face and someone calling you the N-word. I experience it regularly. I know there's a lot of good people in this room, but it only takes a few to really turn things sideways. I see it in the conversations that I have with people who are not of color, how they weave in. Are your kids here because of school of choice or you're actually paying taxes? Okay, well this sucked the fun out of that. So that's Tom Bertel. Or is it Bertel? What is it? Um, yes, I think so. In the school committee over in Michigan, the town, uh, I don't even know what it was. But so that was that. A lot of hurt feelings over there. What I don't understand is why is it, and this is why the, oh my God, I can't believe he's saying, oh my God. So he's a jerk. Why, why do you have to be sh- physically shaken? Because somebody says something obnoxious. He's an a-hole. So? Who cares? Or maybe he's got a different thing. Maybe he feels, maybe he feels like some people feel like there's something, somebody saying racist, something racist to them every day, and they're the victims of racism every day. Maybe he feels when he's walking down the street that he can't walk down certain streets. Maybe his own mind is jaded. Maybe he's right. He can't walk down somebody's. Maybe it's a tough street. 
Who knows? Or maybe what it is. he can't walk down streets because he's a jerk. And well, now he can't walk down streets. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. maybe he's pissed off other people before. If, um... That's true. Maybe this guy is such a talented a-hole that I've known guys like they've worked guys with guys like that in no radio. No street is safe for him. Yeah. No, ever he by, could get beat up anyway. With guys like that in radio, I remember one guy who, who was, like he was a jerk to his producer. When the promo girl would come around, the promotions girl would come around to talk about street team stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely be hitting on her. Another female producer came on, came in, and he was telling her she needed to have if she, she wanted to get into TV, and she he said that she needed to have her breasts done if she was going to get oh. into TV. This guy was. He was incredible, and I liked him, <laughs> but he could not go three feet without really deeply offending somebody. We would go down to the cafeteria, and the guy would say, the cafeteria guy would say something to him, he would say, why are you talking to me? Why are you doing it? And I'm like, wow, you are really good at being an a-hole. Like, you're really offending and hurting people every three feet. When he finally got fired, I had to escort him out as part of my mm-hmm. job. And um, I, I had to meet him outside so that I could bring him in to grab the rest of his stuff on the weekend. Okay. And of course, he pulls in and parks in a handicapped spot to do it. <laughs> he was never. He was never not going to. He was like the perfect Jedi of being a jerk. And maybe that's what uh, what Tom Bertel is. Who knows? I but- mean, he seems pretty good at it just from the couple clips we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Actually, that would be that would be a good. Uh, kind of punked kind of thing to do to go into meetings and say really unacceptable stuff. I mean, not racist stuff and not xenophobic stuff, mm-hmm. but stuff that's just not just not allowed anymore. Right? You know, maybe that's what Tom Bertels. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. he's been he's been wholly condemned by his family. <laughs> so, so that's his situation. Dave Ramsey has been doing mediocre radio now for a couple of decades. Um, he's always somebody, always the favorites of the, of the syndicators. They always wanted me to take Dave Ramsey when Mm -hmm. I was in radio, uh, because his radio is fairly safe and fairly boring, but sometimes- People really like him, too. I don't, I mean, people who need a father figure, I think, love (laughs) Dave Ramsey. To me, it's, it's just fine. I don't trust anybody who's, like, really into any one self-help guru, whether it's, like, a Mm -hmm. financial self-help guru like Dave Ramsey or even, like, the Jordan Peterson stuff. I mean, I like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. But I don't- Oh, Jordan Peterson helped me make my bed. It's like, really? Sure. (laughs) I don't, like- if you like live and breathe Jordan Peterson, I like I have questions. But... Living and breathing anybody, I do like Jordan Peterson. Everything yeah, he's done, I but... like Jordan Peterson too. But yeah, but like anytime you're like cult worshiping this one figure, and Dave Ramsey has that. Like people like really like live by the words of Dave Ramsey. You know, in a in a yeah. way that I find disturbing. But yeah, anyway. So here's Dave Ramsey. He's on Fox today and talking about the stimulus and. What uh, the American people need for uh, cash. I don't believe in a stimulus check because if $600 or $1,400 changes your life, you were pretty much screwed already. You got <laughs> other issues going on. Uh, you, have a, you have a career problem. You have a debt problem. You have a relationship problem. You have a mental health problem. Something else is going on if $600 changes your life. Wow, what a connection he's making to the people. Mm. And it's a jerk thing to say. You know, I'm sure he believes it and he stands by it. But $600 can make a difference in life because sometimes... Um, other things happen, other problems happen right. that cause you to have six hundred need six hundred dollars or six or or well, right. fourteen hundred dollars. One of his things is that you're supposed to have a two thousand dollar emergency cushion. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's somebody's two thousand dollar emergency cushion easily. If you're talking about, I mean, because it, it's six hundred dollars like per person in the whole house, including kids. You know, right? So it- that's like. That's a lot, then. Seems like a whole whole cloth approach, too. There are lots of different scenarios mm-hmm. happening here. You know, the, the, maybe you didn't have a $600 problem, but then your restaurant got closed down. You weren't allowed to make tips anymore. Right. And, you know, your lifestyle. But you had, to, you know, you'd put a down payment on a house. Maybe any sorts of things could have happened. But that is a jerky thing to say. It's interesting how... This, uh, the checks have been another... Well, and by the way, people do have other problems. People do, especially yeah. right now during the pandemic, people do have some career problems. People do mm-hmm. have some, you know, debt problems because of the pandemic. Like, there, some of the people's problems are caused by things that have ha- anything happened in the world lately that you know of, Dave? Just curious. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's, uh, it, but, you know, he's doing his own thing. He's selling books or whatever he does. That's fine. 
I'm a jerk, though. <laughs> Two jerks in a row, Alice. Let's see. Uh, Jen Saki has asked for a plan for schools. They can't. And this is why you want to talk about effectiveness mm-hmm. of a press flack. The fact that they're coming back every day for clarity tells you that the administration is not clear in its policy, mm-hmm. is ineffective in its policy, um, or she is not clear and she is an ineffective communicator. But there you go. They go again to ask her another bite at the apple. There's been some confusion as to just what the administration's goals are when it comes to reopening schools. Uh, can you clear that up for us? And in particular, can you explain to American parents that just one day of a week of in-person school, does that count as schools being open? Why should they be satisfied with that? Uh, they shouldn't be. I wouldn't be as a parent. Uh, and I am a parent, I should say. I have two young kids, um, and I know many of you have kids as well. Uh, the president wants schools to open safely and in accord with science. And we are going to listen to science and medical experts. The CDC guidelines, we expect them to come out tomorrow. We're going to listen to science and medical experts. Now we've run the union vernacular and the union demands through the CDC now. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it's already been diluted. The CDC is now just the teachers' union. So every time you see Fauci, yeah. think of the teachers' union because that's all he is now. For nine months, the science has been it's safe for kids to go back to school, but they're not following that. And I think I was I was looking up the stats. It's roughly like a third and a third and a third. Like a third of mm-hmm. kids are in full remote in the U.S. A third are in a hybrid model, and a third are in. Um, in person, I think in person's a tiny bit higher and hybrid's a little bit lower. But right, but um, but that's like roughly where we are as a country. Because I was curious, because I, you know, everyone's experiences are so different because it's such a piecemeal approach. Um, so it's it's interesting to see, you know, how different places have handled it, and you know, it. This is one of those places where I think. I think there is a misconception amongst people on the left who just hate Trump that listening to the science means just always being the most cautious and keeping the most things closed and wearing the most masks and doing the most stuff. But um, in this particular case, following the science means the school should have been open a long time ago, like fully open, especially for younger kids. They should have all been back in school already a long time ago. Right. But the CDC being the single most crucial um, you know, communications uh, institution right now for the virus is being used now to launder other messaging through for political right. and cultural reasons. So that's why they were all for, yeah, yeah, you know, go in the mm-hmm. streets and racism is a public health crisis as well. And now it's going to be suddenly Fauci's going to say, yeah, we got to make sure that there is HVAC systems in there. And, and he's going to, they're all going to say that it has to make sure that the schools are safe and schools are clean, et cetera. And they're going to get special treatment, um, and they're going to say all we have to do to open schools is just pass the bill as is, you know. And Fauci right. will say that too. That's why you got to pass the rescue bill. You pass it as it is, and then everything will be fine. And they can. It's the, the CDC is a political arm of government. Right. No, and certainly with messaging, they are. So uh, who knows what we'll get? But you're right. Saying science, science, follow the science, science, science. It's just sloganeering. There's nothing to it. Yeah, they're at not all. interested in science. They're interested they can follow, in their policy. It's understood. It's fine that they're following the science and they're going through HVAC and they're doing. They have to bleach the schools, et cetera. But everybody else is back to work in all the other areas. Everybody else. You are now alone, teachers, on an island mm-hmm. of the only holdouts because right. for some reason you can't do the job, even though. You not doing the job has actual, and the CDC should care about this, has actual public health um, concerns attached to it. Right. And I understand that remote school is a lot of work for teachers, but it's a lot of work that doesn't result in as good an education for the kids, especially for younger kids. I mean, there's a, I think older kids are more likely to be able to learn remote. Even in our family, there was a huge difference between the way our 10-year-old was able to handle it and our 7-year-old was able to handle it. You know, a, a 10-year-old can like take a list of assignments and do them. A 7-year-old, like that's not that's not school. To send me a list of assignments to do with my 7-year-old, that's not I I can go Google activities to do with my kid anytime anyway. You know, that's not, you're not providing school in that case. So, um, you know, I think 
that sometimes teachers feel like we're saying that like remote work, that they're being lazy by not wanting to do remote work, which isn't true. And I think there's a big difference between like individual teachers and the union too. Because I think remote work is in a lot of cases more work for the teachers. The mm-hmm. remote school is more work for them than than regular school would be. It's harder. But um, it's also not as good. So it, you know, I, if I thought that moving into this town and into this school district was going to get us um, sent a list of assignments each week, then I wouldn't have moved to the town for this school district. You know, I would have moved to Haverhill and they did like another town that's right nearby that's way cheaper that doesn't have like nice schools or whatever, right? Uh, and we are eager to hear uh, more about the clear science-based guidelines for opening schools and how we can do that safely and how we can keep them open. Uh- Why are we eager to hear? Why don't we know? Are we not meeting every day? Are we waiting for the, this this ultra-important presentation on Friday? Oh, don't let us know. Don't tell us. Uh, you know, um, spoiler alerts. No, don't tell us. Save it all for Friday so we can all learn for the first time. It's craziness. Just call whoever's competent outside of Fauci's office mm-hmm. and get the information. The president will not rest until every school is open Jesus. five days a week. That is our goal. That is what we want to achieve. But we are going to, uh, the uh, we are look forward to seeing and hearing the CDC guidelines to... This is totally Obama flackery. And the president will not rest until we get a resolution to this that takes into account mm-hmm. uh, all factors, including the science, including the health, and now equity for all. Uh, gain a better understanding of what steps... That will entail or should entail the president's role. Oh, what a bunch of doublespeak. We're just circling now and circling and circling. Get a beginning understanding and then have a thoughtful discussion. And then uh, we look forward to hearing what the CDC is, of course, to ensure that across government, we are listening to those guidelines. We are leaning into science. We are we're leaning in. We're God. leaning into science. Oh, God. Oh. Talk about incestuous, overused so marketing what does slobber. That mean? The schools will be open, Jen. We're leaning I mean, in. We're leaning into science, Jen. Um, but that's great. But you know, when when can I expect the president will not rest? Letting the science and medical experts Jesus. lead, and then his objective is to ensure there's the funding to deliver on that. Mm-hmm. That's in the American Rescue Plan. Right. So I can assure any parent listening that his objective, his commitment, is to ensuring schools are open five days a week. Uh, that's what he wants to achieve, and we are going to lead with science and the advice uh, that they Since are... it's been 45 minutes, I just want to go back and listen to what the question was. There's been some confusion as to just what the administration's goals are when it comes to reopening schools. Uh, can you clear that up for us? And in particular, can you explain to American parents that just one day of a week of in-person school, does that count as schools being open? Why should they be satisfied with that? Uh, okay, so um, she went right to the... The uh, today's memorandum, mm-hmm. which is fine, which is what flags do, but I thought they were different. President spoke with the president of China's Xi Jinping and said that he addressed the human rights abuses. Does the president support American companies doing business in China to express the same reservations about those abuses? Are you? I'm sorry. Can you tell me a little bit more about your question? All right. So the president was. How? Why does she need more about the question? <laughs> The Chinese uh, have shown human rights abuses in China. Should we have American businesses, which have these corporate consciences now, mm-hmm. which, which uh, you know, they're all in for Kaepernick and they're all in for social justice, should they apply the same filter when doing business with China? Seems very clear to me. I was happy to bring up the, the problems with China and human rights. And does the president support companies, American companies, doing business in China? Does he support them doing the same thing as they do business in China? Does he support them speaking out about human rights abuses? Or? Yes, human rights abuses in China. Well, There's been some reluctance by American companies to address this issue because they're doing business in China. Does well, the president support The, the president's uh, been outspoken, uh, as he was on his, in his conversation with the president of China, about American values. Uh, He also made a point of uh, conveying to President Xi that overturning the Muslim ban was one of the first steps that he took as president. So he is. Funny thing about the Muslim (laughs) ban. So the Muslim ban, uh, the Obama signed law contains provision that restrict travel to the United States for people who lived in or visited Iran, Iraq, Sudan or Syria since March 2011. 
They must have a visa to enter, yada, 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 yada. So the part of the Trump travel order does target the same seven countries that were singled out with a law Obama signed in 2015. So Biden talked about how immoral the Muslim ban was, Mm -hmm. which the the O'Biden administration instilled into law in the first place. So good to know. She forgot that part. Uh, Leading by example, um, and I will leave it at that. Uh, Okay. I think authoritarian states for American companies. Definitely, definitely uh, pay attention to leading by example. I think you know. I think when we're nice to Muslims in America, that that makes China be nice to their Muslims. Don't you think that's? It seems to be working out really well. I think absolutely. China still practices segregation against (laughs) black people in China. Colin Kaepernick. Uh, who's uh, you know, who is a, a civil rights uh, hero now can't buy Colin Kaepernick merchandise in some shops in China. I mean, which sell it. actual segregation, right. not like playing the national anthem sometimes. Right. Could he start that same message for American? Companies? He's he's the president of the United States. He's conveying what he feels our values are, uh, and he conveys that to anyone uh, he has conversations with, whether it's publicly or privately. Uh, to company. Okay, get you. All right. Sticking with Jen Psaki, Mark Cuban, as you were just talking about, Alice, the, um, the uh, what's it called? The Battle Hymn of the Republic? The National Anthem. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban deemed it shall not be heard before um, Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks games, mm-hmm. although it's been overturned by the NBA, apparently. But uh, this is Cuban. He says, no, no thank you to the National Anthem before games. Done with that, all that stuff. The question is posed to Jen Psaki. What does President Biden think about the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, uh, deciding to indefinitely stop playing the National Anthem before his National Basketball Association games? Well, I I haven't spoken with the president about the decision by Mark Cuban on the Dallas Mavericks, uh, or I should say the national anthem, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our men and women serving in uniform around the world. He'd also say uh, that, of course, that part of of pride in our country means recognizing moments where we as a country haven't lived up to our highest ideals, which is... So we suck. We're back to we suck, back to Mm -hmm. the Obama era of we suck. But thankfully, our arms are open to immigrants. There's more reports of, you know, growing number of people arriving on the border. Um, How closely uh, is President Biden watching this? Obviously, uh, attacking the root causes of this migration is something uh, that he knows well, that he's worked on for a long time. But what about in the short term? What steps are going to be taken uh, to confront this issue uh, mm-hmm. because more incumbent, and so we don't have a repeat of things that we've ha- had in the past, which uh, obviously President Biden is very familiar with. Sure. He's certainly following it closely, uh, but obviously um, defers to the leadership and the guidance of his Secretary of Homeland Security, Ali Mayorkas, who has now confirmed, been in office in his role for just over a week now, uh, obviously is, comes to that job with a great deal of experience uh, working on these issues, including during challenging times. But since you gave the, me the opportunity, I mean, one of the things we are certainly doing is communicating that um, due to the pandemic uh, and the fact that we have not had the time as an administration to put in place a humane, uh, comprehensive process for processing uh, individuals who are coming to the border. Now is not the time to come. Oh. And the vast majority of people uh, will be turned away. Asylum. Pro- what is that crap? No, I no, no, no. I think that's racist, actually. Of course it's racist. It's xenophobic, too. <laughs> Processes at the border will not occur immediately. will take time to implement. Build um, uh, bridges, not walls, Alice. Uh, and as DHS and CBP have said, um, you know, when long term, uh, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, there have been incredibly narrow and limited circumstances where uh, individuals have been. Yeah, it seems like they know what they're doing. Don't come now. Yeah, but they're on the way. They're coming right now. Yeah, but don't. We're not ready. Don't come now. We're not ready. That's the thing about the border, is, it gets tough when you're not ready. That's the challenge. Mm-hmm. How to deal with it when you're not ready? Well, right. I mean, people want to come and cross the border illegally because we literally have no way to stop them whatsoever, and you're telling them not to come, and then you're dismantling the 
proposals by Trump. I mean, they just officially ended. They had like paused while they examined what to do about the border wall. But Biden's now officially said no more border wall funding. So like that's done. So how are you going to tell people not to come? You can't stop them from coming. Yes. You've signaled to them that you're their candidate. You're the guy who's going to let immigrants in. This is dreamers. You are dreamers. Come Mm -hmm. on in. And also the, the policy of keeping people in um, in Mexico while right. they're being adjudicated in the legal system, Biden got rid of that as well. And so the problem is that creates a new issue when now um, there are uh, there are now immigrants, illegal immigrants now who are allowed to wait it out in America, which mm-hmm. means in many situations, many cases, never showing up. For the courts, and what does what message does that send? That sends the message that we're open. Are you concerned in any way that as people are seeing the images of migrants being released into the interior, they just get encouraged to come to the U.S., try and cross illegally, so that they have the same uh, luck of just being released? Well, of course, we're concerned because we don't want people to put themselves at danger at a time where it is uh, not the right time to come uh, because we've not had time to put in place a humane and moral system and process. Humane and moral system. What do you mean? You had all the time in the world to plan one. Right. What's wrong? I don't get it. It's executive orders. You signed the paper. That was quick. Mm -hmm. What's the problem? I mean, and... And the problem was initially that we don't have a way to stop people and we're just releasing them into the country and we have no way to follow up with them and make sure, you know, as we process their legal proceedings, you know, we have no way to find them again. And so if you're telling people like, oh, we don't have a system set up yet, then obviously they're going to come. They're like, we're going to get rid of the Trump thing where we stop you from coming in and we don't have a system set up to process you coming in. So people are like, great. Sweet. Right, that and means, when you get here, there's means- a chance you you could get coronavirus money, and you get plugged immediately into the uh, system once you get here. Right, free public schools. Yes. So in great. other words, there's no reason for you not to come, but now's not the right time because we're not ready. But we're not going to have images of anybody cracking down on you because that was what the last mean guy mm-hmm. had. So there's not going to be anything stopping you, but don't come because all there is is prosperity and you know freedom here mm-hmm. and uh, you know bountiful uh, means of uh, a wonderful life here. We want to treat people with care. Of course, when they're unaccompanied children, um, that is a different circumstance uh, and certainly one that we handle uh, carefully and those uh, individuals are transferred into HHS care. Uh, but wait, wait a second. When there's unaccompanied children, they're transferred into HHS care? That doesn't sound like they're with their parents anymore. Oh, I don't like that. That sounds like they're in cages to me. You know, we use every opportunity to convey uh, that while we have goals of what we want to put in place, uh, we have not had the time or ability to do that quite yet. But I think the I'm questions an, I, are I'm, not ending. Mexico today stated in his press conference that most of the migrants across the border that, you know, anecdotally, they do believe that the border is open and they can just come to the U.S. Which it is. So there seems to be a messaging problem at the border with people thinking that the border is open as stated by the president of Mexico today. So how are you getting that message to those migrants at the border and how will you make them understand that the border is not open as you're stating? Well, we're we're looking for every opportunity we can, of course, from uh, the president to the secretary of Homeland Security to the secretary of state to communicate uh, where we stand, which is that um, the president, uh, our entire administration are committed to digging out of the uh, immoral approach to immigration (laughs) of the prior administration. But it is going to take some time and uh, we need to wait a second should be easy. Just stop being Nazis. That's all you yeah. have to do. Just stop being mean like the last guy. Right. Stop wanting the pain is the point. Stop making the pain the point. Mm-hmm. The baddies are out now. So just do all the good stuff that you can implement immediately. This is you're a really competent administration. Right, because this wasn't this wasn't Trump proposing a solution to a problem that exists. This was just Trump just being mean for yes. absolutely no reason. He just hated people from Mexico mm-hmm. and was being horrific to them for no reason whatsoever when there was absolutely no call for it and not even following our own laws. So then why not just not do that then? Or you could just use the previous template of the greatest administration in the history <laughs> of the world, the Obama administration's template from from five years ago and mm-hmm. just you know do what he did 
which of course was kids in cages. Put in place not only a uh, comprehensive uh, immigra- approach to immigration. Uh, Does it sound like she knows what the hell the plan is? No. This is a person throwing buckets of words at the reporters. By passing a law that will help address the root causes uh, that uh, in the countries that are leading people to come to the United or try to come to the United States, that puts smart security, funds smart security at the border, that provides a pathway to citizenship. Uh, but we also... Wait a second. Pathway to citizenship? Mm-hmm. Is that sounds like an incentive to me. Well, if I get there, then we get a pathway to citizenship. Best case scenario, we get a pathway to citizenship because there's nobody to stop us. Worst case scenario, we get a pathway to citizenship and then we get it codified into law that we're citizens. Right. Plus, the other point she makes where she says, like, oh, we need to solve the problems in the other countries that are, you know, that that are causing people to want to leave those countries and come here. Okay, so now all of South America's internal problems are our problem that we have to solve like last time i checked we don't have the authority to solve problems well we in- can be nicer to communist regimes also as they oh. put down um protests down there but in a sense biden is with laws in executive order deterring uh immigration when he destroys the economy by getting rid of True. Uh, our energy sector completely uh, a very interesting uh, tidbit that Jen Psaki said today that is lovely little nugget. Historians can certainly confirm that there are few presidents who came into the jo- this job with more of a history on engaging, engaging with Chinese leadership. So true. So true. <laughs> and few presidents' sons as well. Uh, let's see. Last piece of Saki was uh, executive action on guns. If you do believe it can take, you can take executive action, why haven't you done so yet? Well, uh, first, I will say that, you know, the president addressing gun violence in the country and putting in place additional safety measures is something that the president has a personal commitment to. uh, And his history on this issue is evidence of that. Uh, You know, he's obviously taken on the NRA twice uh, and won. uh, And he is. Oh, yeah. Those famous taking on the NRA twice and winning. Uh, stories you always hear about. Happy and eager to do that in the future. Uh, part of our engagement is working with uh, groups to determine what the uh, steps are that can be taken. But I don't have anything to preview for you at this point in terms of what the policy will look like or what form it will take. That is her new way of saying that she will circle back. And by the way, the Jen uh, Saki uh, policy of circling back has been minted into pure gold by these guys called at WTF bra. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, I often note I'm going to circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back on a number of things, as we often do directly. I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This is such a good question. I have not had the opportunity to dig into that. I'll circle back. It was a massive dump to this day. Everyone's trying to figure out where did it come from. I'm not aware of anything, but uh, we'll circle back. This uncircumcised Philistine, who does he think he is? As a mom myself, I want to know all the details. I have to circle back. Come on, man. You know what I mean? I will venture to get you an answer on that, and maybe we can talk about it, and you'll circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. Circle back, circle back. But uh, we'll, we'll circle back. Circle back, back. I will have to circle back with you. Circle back. Let me give you a very specific example. Woo! I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This president knew back in January. Why did he tell us? Why did he warn us? There are a number of ways to combat misinformation. One of them is circle back. You told us that Trump was invincible and Hillary was in a prison, right? I don't really have any predictions for you on that. I can circle back. Um, let me see if I can get more detail for you on that. Circle back. I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Did you? We'll try to get to as many questions as possible. I'll circle back. I don't have anything more for you. And that communication has been lacking. Well, uh, as, as you know, let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back. Circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back. Circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back. Bravo to WTF bra. Circle back. Hopefully I'll remember to put a, a, a version of that in the show notes. If that's on, isn't that Twitter? I don't know. I, where that is but uh it's at wtf bra circle back is the name dateline that's just as good scumbagville as scumbagville florida go ahead else 
I was going to say that's just as good as the thing NPR paid somebody to make about Janet Yellen. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dateline, Scumbag, Florida. The, the Associated Press has a devastating piece detailing how members of the Lincoln Project, the scam GOP pack beloved by the media, enriched themselves on gullible donors. This fact is likely to be unsurprising to anyone with even a passing familiarity with the organization. This is from National Review. The AP reports that of the $90 million the Lincoln Project has raised, more than $50 million of it went to firms controlled by the group's leaders. In other words, they took in $90 million, they paid themselves $50 million of it. <laughs> um, Must be nice. No kidding. The firm's controlled by the group's leaders and exorbitant consulting fees collected by members of the group. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see. Um... The uglier revelation provided by the AP is that leaders of the project were repeatedly told about accusations of sexual harassment against founder John Weaver, but ignored them and then lied about it when they finally came to light. It matters for the alleged victims, but it also matters because the Lincoln Project was given a giant megaphone predicated on the fiction that it represented principled conservatives. It then leveled some of the nastiest smears of the 2020 campaign, accusing anyone who didn't adopt its hysterical tone of being complicit in the end of democracy and the deaths of hundreds of thousands. In June, when the money was coming in, the group, according to the AP, had already been informed in writing and in subsequent phone calls of, in phone calls of at least 10 specific allegations of harassment um, against Weaver, some of them from its own employees. Weaver, incidentally, had been a registered foreign agent lobbying for Russia, yada, yada, yada. So the dirtbags at the Lincoln Project continue to be dirtbags, but thankfully the... House of Cards, I call it, Alice, is crumbling around them. Well, that's great. That's great. Um, other journalists are having a tough time, too. Uh, Alexander Nazarian had a big piece in The Atlantic today. Did you see this? Um, he uh, originally, apparently, if you look up, you know, you can look at the URL and it has like what the title used to be. It says, I miss the thrill of Trump in the URL is what this was originally called. But it's called, I was an enemy of the people. Without quite meaning to, Trump reminded journalists that their relationship to power should be adversarial. Uh, so he talks about um, how he misses the thrill of it. I miss it already. I miss it terribly, even if I miss little else about the past four years. Without quite meaning to, Trump reminded journalists that their relationship to power should be adversarial. I hope my colleagues in the press corps remember that as some measure of pre-Trumpian court lines returns to the White House briefing room. Uh, and then he goes on. Uh, where is it? Covering the administration was thrilling for many journalists. In the way that I imagine storming Omaha Beach must have been for a 20-year-old <laughs> fresh from the plains of Kansas. Oh, so good. <laughs> he, Jesus, these people. He hadn't signed up for battle, but there he was, liberating France. Holy Jesus. <laughs> Has this person ever actually seen a World War II movie? Because I don't think the Kansan 20-year-old, as he was, you know, watching people get blown up around him was really like wow no the, the, the white house <laughs> press room was worse it was definitely it was worse definitely worse so the thrill though was just like that the thrill of uh, yes. liberating he France. feels very good about himself <laughs> jesus what a loser you are doubtlessly annoyed as you read this whoever you are and whatever you believe to have been a journalist in the trump era is to have been annoying to everyone well that part at least is accurate Ah, they go on. I mean, he goes on, but I just the idea that he's comparing himself to covering Trump to storming Omaha yeah. Beach, <laughs> and in that tone, the uh, thrill, the thrill of covering. So he's been rightly panned on social media for that. He hasn't even tweeted it out from his own account yet. And you know, I can't blame him because tweeting and uh, Instagramming and just you know being any person who anybody remotely cares who you are uh, can be dangerous if you're on social media and saying stuff. Um, as Gina Carano found out of The Mandalorian. So uh, she was fired, by the way, from the Disney Plus Star Wars series Mandalorian because she made, apparently, this was the, all the headlines last night when they fired her, um, she made apparently very anti-Semitic comments. 
Did you know that she made anti-Semitic comments? I had heard. Honey? I had heard she said um, something. So awful. I was like, "Wow, she like really unacceptable anti-Semitic Facebook." Post. I'm like, "Okay, well, weirder stuff has happened. Like, look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. People are weird." So I wanted to see what she said though, because I like wanted to find out what was so terrible that she said. I knew. I knew in the past she had gotten in trouble because her she put uh, as her pronouns in her Twitter bio. She put beep boop bop as her mm-hmm. <laughs> as her pronouns. So uh, her co-star. Pedro Pascal of the Mandalorian had to take her aside and let her know why it's like actually very important to uh, respect people's pronouns and uh, and not make fun of people putting pronouns in their bio. But uh, so anyway, so I knew that she like wasn't very woke, but uh, I hadn't I don't like follow her that closely or anything. So I went to go see what she said. And it turns out what she said is basically like, like now I can see how like the Holocaust happened because, you know, neighbor turned on neighbor and people turned in their their neighbors for stuff and and went after their Jewish friends and neighbors. And, you know, that's what we're seeing now with all the like COVID stuff or whatever, or people going after conservatives for their opinions and trying to get them banned. That's the same thing, like turning on people. It's the same thing that happened in Nazi Germany. That that was what was anti-Semitic, apparently. Right, and then, of course, that's ridiculous. I mean, the essence of what she's saying is easily understandable, that you're pitting person against person. Mm-hmm. And sure, she's right about Germany and the, the whispering and papering campaigns about, mm-hmm. you know, rich Jewish people getting richer while the rest of us are barely making yeah. any money, et cetera. Now, so, it remains true that but, it's bad form generally to compare your life in, you know, 2000s uh, America to Nazi Germany. It's it's because your life is not like Nazi. It's, right. it's not like it was for Jews in Nazi Germany. And that's kind unless of, you're a reporter covering the Trump <laughs> White House unless, or generally a liberal going to protests yeah. or any number of other things. But I mean, no, like I think it's bad form across the board to compare things to Nazi mm-hmm. Germany. Like I think it's bad form to compare things to the Middle Passage or to slavery in general. Like there. You shouldn't really make historical comparisons to things that are really, really egregious to things that are happening now unless you're sure that there's, like, actually a genocide happening right now. You know, like, I think possibly you could kind of compare what's happening to the Uyghurs in China in some ways to some of these things. But um, but less so uh, 2020 America, I think. it's It's a little bit of a more agreed right although if you do it to the right people it is simply lauded and accepted if you right. do it to anybody in the right so, it's lauded. and and in fact that same uh co-star that she had the one that taught her about pronouns had tweeted like in 2018 comparing trump to hitler so well I mean, but like, that was historically accurate so so yeah i mean like it what she said wasn't anti-semitic she's not an anti-semite right she made an ignorant stupid comparison that's exactly the same ignorant, stupid comparison. That and had literally... she said it about Trump, she would still have a job, but she has oh, been yeah. bleep canned unceremoniously. Yeah. Lucasfilms had said, Sayonara, you are done immediately. Uh, that is it for her. And yeah. you don't find She's that is gone. a whacking's whacking right there. She's gone. She's done. Out. Dateline San Francisco. One of the top performing public high schools in the country will no longer admit students based on academic performance any more than a century of merit based admissions. More than seven hours into a marathon meeting Tuesday, the San Francisco Board of Education voted 5-2 to use the same lottery-based system to assign students to Lowell High as other district high schools instead of maintaining the previous system used that used test scores and grades. The vote was the latest in a string of controversial school board decisions focused on the, country, the country's racial reckoning, including the renaming of 44 school sites affiliated with slavery, Oppression and colonialism, even as this district's 52,000 students, remain in distance learning. So the schools are being changed. Everything's being changed, but the the schools are not open for the kids to go in. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not many struggling with academic and mental health issues. Uh, District data shows students of color suffering greater learning loss than their white counterparts. The board's desire to confront thorny issues and take symbolic action in the middle of a pandemic has riled parents and alarmed the mayor and landed the district in the national spotlight. I don't know what the San Francisco public school system is doing, why Yip Tung, who has two children in the district, told the Chronicle this week. I've lost trust in them. Are children the priority? I just don't feel it's a priority to them. Yeah, no crap, why? Uh, the board circumvented its normal process to fast-track the Lowell decision. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You guys, you uh, elected these 
psychotics? Well, there they go. Um, usually a policy change, especially a controversial one, would take at least two weeks and often much longer as it moves At least committees. two weeks for a controversial policy Offering, change? I mean... Uh, the public a chance to comment. No, public cannot comment. The, boards, mm. the board members cited, and this is why they need to be institutionalized. It's fine, though, just for their own good. <laughs> Whispering Meadows. The board members cited, as the schools are closed, the kids aren't allowed in, are cutting and hurting themselves. The board members cited, quote, pervasive systemic racism and a lack of diversity at Lowell as the primary reason to end the merit-based system admissions process following an incident in which students were exposed to racist, pornographic, and anti-Semitic images in an online school forum. The district school district continues to investigate the incident, the, which may or may not have happened. Met board well, I believe it, though, because in the, the potential for that to happen in Zoom classes is really high. There's been all kinds of issues in the Zoom classes because all it takes is like one person. These teachers aren't securing their Zoom meetings. All it takes is one psycho to show up right. who has a password. We must recognize the need for a culture shift in our schools and address racism. Christ, good luck. That's uh, that's from uh, school board president, Gabriela Lopez. Good luck. That school system is ruined. Uh, I think a lot of school The issue, however, divided the city given Lowell's reputation as an academically rigorous school for students with Ivy League dreams, similar to elite private schools at a public school price. So in other words, you're going to hurt all students, including black mm-hmm. students, Asian students, white yeah. students, Hispanic students. I uh, assume Boston Latin's going to be next, right? Like, that isn't makes sense. That- isn't that the same thing? Like, that's the issue that they're having is they don't want any of the schools to be exam schools. That That's what it is. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's disappointing. But I think a lot of school districts are getting exposed as uh, being, you know, a total sham. The, the whole yep. schools thing is it's starting to look like a lie pretty much because it's interesting. It's interesting that um, – in a lot of cases, private schools uh, are spending less per student and are providing much, much better results. You know, they're paying teachers less money and teachers prefer to work there because they're not insane in the private schools, you know. But um, and and they do things like stay open uh, in pandemics and and provide an education that's not totally nuts and off that rocker it's it's really uh the days i think of the public schools holding parents hostage are numbered i i think that this pandemic is going to i hope you're right is going to totally just show that the foundation is has crumbled out from under them i hope you're right alice in cancellation and and uh censorship News, New York Times columnist Brett Stevens says that publisher A.G. Salzberger spiked his column that was supposed to run on Monday, in which he took issue with the handling of the Donald McNeil case, where he supposedly used a racial racial slur. And Twitter has suspended permanently uh, James, uh, the Project Veritas, and um, who's the guy from Veritas? Remember? Um, James. James Project Veritas. Where is he? Um, yes, he's James something. He's from Project Veritas. And in uh, the category, James O'Keefe. James that's O'Keefe, his right. Name. In the category of less famous people that Twitter has suspended, your friend, Leslie Dowd, suspended from Twitter. Right, you might gone. remember her as the person who was on when Jay, um, Jay Severin passed away. She was a Severin person. So that is what is going on around the world. Thank you for hanging with us this evening and uh, tolerating their, uh, the brief interruption uh, caused by the onslaught of our little children. But God bless them regardless. Hopefully, um, you have a great weekend if we don't talk to you. Thanks so much for all your support. Please do leave a rating and a, a good comment if you can, if you have time to do that. And and uh, enjoy the merch store. Our stuff really is... is not really marked up so it's pretty probably if you're into random merch with I, a couple of sayings stuff I, I really think are cool and i'm glad that they're out there and it's pretty cheap check it i mean compare it to other people with merch we're not making like even beer money well maybe we'll have a after a month we'll have beer money but we'll see <laughs> but thanks everybody really appreciate it you're awesome 
Um, yep. Have a great weekend. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, you can check out our YouTube channel. That's Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube. You can subscribe, like the videos, comment, um, and you can write us an email if you have something else to tell us. That's Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you. Thanks so much. Say la Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.